Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living. So, if you don't already have a cup, go grab some coffee and join me today as we talk about accountability. Biblical accountability in your relationship with others, with people that you walk with. What does that look like? I personally believe there would be far fewer falls from grace, so to speak, of mostly pastors, leadership overall, if there was true accountability. What what does it take to genuinely have a true enough relationship with somebody that you can be, you can call them out and call them accountable and they would respond in a humbling manner instead of a defensive manner and turn and repent to the Lord. That's always what calling somebody out in accountability is about. That's the end goal, to have them repent to the Lord, change from their ways, and then they can have restoration, not only to a deeper level in their relationship with God, but also with others around them. Where there's zero accountability, sin will thrive. And there's all different kinds of sin. Anger, uh, a lack of self-control, unforgiveness. And I'll say this, forgiveness doesn't equal accountability. Just because you've forgiven somebody doesn't mean you no longer hold them accountable for their actions, so to speak. You you can extend forgiveness to somebody and not continue to expose yourself to future hurts in a person's behavior, right? You have to still hold them accountable. Listen, that's not actually, so if I hold you accountable for something, if I'm, if I'm calling you out on something based on biblical standards and you basically don't like it, so now you're gonna flip it on me and you're gonna either say I'm offended or I haven't forgiven or whatever the case may be and you're really deflecting that demand of accountability. So when we have a situation where somebody has treated us wrong, done wrong to us, whatever the situation might be, and we extend forgiveness to that person, that still doesn't mean that we don't address the issue with them. Yes, the behavior has to be addressed. The issue has to be called out. And then even potentially if behavior is not changed, if the issue remains, if there's no repentance, if there's no turn of heart, boundaries have to be established. You can kind of use the example of a marriage relationship, but it can go in any relationship, any friendship, but so in a marriage relationship, if a spouse is pulling away from the Lord, they're, they're doing things that are just bad decisions, whether they're um, spending their money in a negative way, um, they're, maybe they've gone so far extreme, I guess, as to have an affair, that's the extreme, but in a, in a smaller level, they're disrespectful to their spouse, they're negative to their spouse, that kind of, those kind of scenarios. There's a, there's a vast thing in 
marriages that you can use as an example, but there's been hurt that has been experienced because of inappropriate behavior, we'll put it that way, whether it's a marriage relationship or any other kind of personal relationship. There's been hurt experienced because there's inappropriate behavior. And yes, we as Christians have to extend forgiveness in those circumstances. We have to. We have to give it to the Lord. If we're having a hard time forgiving, we ask the Lord to help us to forgive. And it may take time, but then we have to still address it with the person if we haven't already. And if addressing that, when we know we're, we're calling something out or we're responding to something based on biblical standard, and that person doesn't respond in humility, doesn't respond with a repentant heart, we do not continue. We have to set up boundaries. And that's holding them. Boundaries can be holding somebody accountable. It's saying, I'm not going to allow you to treat me in an unbiblical manner. I'm not going to let that happen. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says that. Do we forgive? Yes. Do we forgive 70 times seven? Yes, we do. But we don't open the door to our house and welcome in hurt. That, that, that whole concept doesn't even make sense. And so now when we establish boundaries, I'm not going to allow you to treat me that way anymore. Now, offense actually is in the other person. Frustration sets in and you're accused of being unforgiving or you're accused of being judgmental. Accountability and judging get mixed up in the same pot all the time. And when you're trying to hold somebody accountable, right, even in a very um, established relationship, typically it's not well received. And I would strongly recommend if you're going to talk to somebody about something that um, you know they need to be called out on, that you would first pray that they have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and that their spiritual eyes would be opened and enlightened, their heart prepared to hear what you have to say. Because only the Holy Spirit can actually truly hear, prepare them to hear what you have to say and bring conviction from your words. And that's another point. Ask the Lord to help you with the words you speak to someone that you're trying to hold to a level of accountability. And we see this rampant in the body of Christ, the church today. And it's why sin abounds at the level that it abounds, especially in leadership, especially in pastoral positions, is because nobody really wants to hold the pastors accountable. Nobody wants to hold the leaders in this kind of this unspoken thing. If I'm over you, then you can't hold me accountable. You don't know. Well, this, you know, in this churches, there's a whole thing set up of boards and elders and all that stuff. But are they really holding the pastors accountable? What about the pastors that are very uh, charismatic and boy, they got the numbers and the people coming in and all, there's a lot of business behind it. And nobody wants to challenge them because then now they'll be out the door. Nobody wants to bring it to somebody else's attention because they may be blackballed in the whole situation. And so 
regardless of that, even if it cost us every connection and every relationship we have, it's our obligation to hold others accountable when we know that they are not, especially in leadership, when they are not walking to a biblical standard. I'm reminded of the scripture that talks about the blood of someone else's sin being on our hands. And it's in Ezekiel chapter three, starting in verse 16, it says, now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. So when the Lord is telling you to go speak to someone, the Holy Spirit is telling you to address a situation with someone, how are you going to respond? Especially if you know it may cost you that relationship. It may cost you network connections. What There's a cost to you in it. So he continues to, to say to him, warning from me, verse 18, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. We may be saving somebody's life if we actually speak truth to them. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. That's how high the price is. Verse 19, yet if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. So same thing, same man is dying in the same iniquity. In one situation, he hasn't been warned by Ezekiel, who God is telling to warn him, and the blood ends up being on Ezekiel's hands, not the man that died in the iniquity. But that same man, Ezekiel talks to him, calls him out, and he chooses not to turn from his way, his wickedness, he will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your own soul. That's pretty powerful stuff. So we have a responsibility when we see a brother or a sister making choices that go against the biblical standard. We have a responsibility to call them out, to give them warning from God when the Holy Spirit is telling us to do so. We have a responsibility to do that. And if it costs, I, I've said this on several different podcasts, there's no greater love to me than a love that is willing to speak truth regardless of what it may cost them. Because there's a whole thing about, you know, a love's another word that gets thrown around in that whole accountability judgment thing. Oh, they're judging me. Oh, they're not walking in love or they're saying it right to your face. Oh, you're so judgmental. You're not walking in love. You're a hypocrite. No, I'm speaking truth from a depth of love that couldn't be deeper because I'm actually concerned about your soul. I'm concerned about you dying in your iniquity and the blood of that being on your hands because you won't receive the warning and you won't turn from your wicked way. And wickedness, see, we think of wickedness as these horrible, bad, evil things, you know, um, crimes that take place. And it's just despicable. It's against children, whatever. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's horrible. That we consider wicked. It's unfathomable. But in the eyes of the Lord, 
He considers wicked what is not of him. Anything, even complacency, he considers wicked. That's pretty powerful. Lukewarmness, he says it himself in Revelation that he will spew the lukewarm out of his mouth. That to him is wickedness. Those that have turned their backs from their first love. And so when, when we see that, and we're walking closely with somebody that even that level of even just complacency in the Lord, compromise in the Lord, compromise is huge. And I have a whole podcast on that. Compromise is a slow fade that ends up hitting a slippery slope. And we end up in a place we never thought we would have been in. And so when you have people around you that actually love you enough that they're willing to risk the relationship to try and hold you accountable when they see you starting to head towards that slippery slope. And it takes humility for sure to receive those words and just put them before the Lord. Anytime somebody is coming to you that has nothing to profit from what they're speaking to you, I always say that consider the source. When someone's saying something to you, they're calling you out on something they're being direct about something. They're trying to um, actually speak truth to you to cause you to repent and actually end up growing in the Lord. What You always have to stop and ask, what is their motivation? Like if they have no motivation, they're probably not doing it because they're bored. So if they have no motivation, they really are a third party, so to speak, in whatever situation. You really should take heed, even though it's difficult. It's difficult to take correction in any capacity. It's painful to take correction, but we're better off taking the correction than we are hitting that slippery slope and ending up in that place that we never thought we would have been in. And so when we look at the situation and we realize this person is talking to me, they have nothing to gain by either path I go down. They have nothing to lose by either path I go down other than maybe relationship. We should really put it before the Lord and ask the Lord, not everybody else. Don't ask 20 other people their opinion until you can find five that agree with you. You will find those five. And then you're like, yeah, see, right? I knew I was right. I knew it. No, you just found somebody to tickle your ears. So try asking the Lord. Lord, show me the truth about what that person is telling me I need to change. That person is telling me I need to be accountable on. Show me the truth, Lord, of the situation. And then genuinely have a tender heart and open ears to hear what the Lord will say back to you because he will respond in those situations. So that's kind of one side of accountability. There's also this whole other side where you know, the mask is worn well and you're walking in a place where you know you're dabbling in stuff you shouldn't be dabbling in, but you are presenting well and nobody's picking up on it. So if you don't have those people that you're accountable to, that you can say, and you know they stand there unconditional, I'm struggling in this area and know they will respond in truth. They won't just pat you back and tell you, it's okay, you're an adult, you do whatever you want to do, you make whatever decisions you want to make. No, if somebody is uh, bearing their heart, and it may not come across like that, 
That's another thing too. We really have to have ears to hear. What what is this person saying to me? Are they just telling me a story or are they actually calling out for help? They know they're headed down a path, but they don't quite know how to stop it. So they're sharing some choices they're making that aren't good choices. And if we're just petting them on the back and sending them on their way, then they're going to get further down the road. And like as the Lord told Ezekiel, then that blood is on our hands because we had an opportunity to speak and we chose relationship over truth. Having somebody that is actually an accountability partner, so to speak, is different than just friends, right? Not You're not supposed to be accountable to all your friends, but there should be somebody in your life that you can open up to and that they can genuinely hold you accountable. You invite them into that place and you let them know these have been my previous struggles. So now they know what kind of questions to check on. Now they know what kind of questions to ask. Obviously, it has to be someone you trust. It has to be someone you respect for sure. And it has to be someone that has spiritual maturity and hears from the Holy Spirit. All of those things are a priority. But if we have a lack of accountability in our lives, we are in the danger zone because the word tells us our own hearts are wickedly deceitful above all else. In Jeremiah, who can know their own heart? None of us can. Say, hey, I'm thinking about this. I'm contemplating this. What do you, what do you think about that? No, when we're not willing to be accountable to somebody, it's because we know we should understand that we basically want to do what we want to do when we don't care what anybody else thinks because we're looking to satisfy the flesh in that moment. And accountability is a humbling thing. We need each other. And I will say this again, if there is no one that you are accountable to that will challenge you in your walk with the Lord, you are in the danger zone. I want to just close off this podcast today with sharing a few Bible verses about accountability in our lives, coming straight from the Word of God. I mean, we're going to give an account one day. We can go through our whole lives here on earth not having to be accountable to anybody. But at the end of time, Romans 14, 12 tells us, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God, basically with no excuses. Any of your actions, you are going to have to answer for. You cannot say to God on that day, I did this because they did that. That's not going to fly. We're going to have to give account for ourselves. 2 Corinthians 5.10 tells us we're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I would rather have my friend hold me accountable than being now standing before the judgment seat of Christ and him holding me accountable. So it goes on to say in that scripture verse, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So if you're unsure about what you're doing is right or wrong and you don't have somebody, get accountable to the Word of God. Find out what the Word of God says about your situation, says about your actions, says about your standard, and make the Word of God keep you accountable if you don't have somebody that you can ask to be in that place. Right? In Galatians 5, this is really good. Verses 25 and 26, since we live by the Spirit, 
Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Stay close with the Holy Spirit, continually yielding your heart to Him. Like David cried out, create in me a pure heart, O Lord. Uh, Keep me steadfast. Show me any wrongdoing. You know, uh, also David cried out, may I have clean hands and a pure heart before you, Lord. Consistently, don't we're always worrying about the other person. And that's a distraction. What about your hands? What about your heart? Have you asked the Lord to renew your spirit, to create a steadfast mind, you know, to check your heart, to show you, you, show me, me, Lord, show me, me. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And let us not have a prideful heart that cannot accept accountability. We are all the body of Christ. Each one of us is a part of it. You know, Hebrews 13 tells us, don't forget to do good and to share with others for which with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give account. So if we're over somebody or somebody has come to us and said, hey, I want you to be my accountability partner, you know, our first response should be, are you sure? Do you understand what you're asking for? And then we do become accountable to be their accountability partner. That's some powerful stuff there. This is all scripture. This is another good one. We have no excuse. Like there are no excuses especially since for us, we have the whole word of God to show us the truths, show us what God considers to be holy and unholy, even down, not only just how we act, but even down to how we think. And Romans 1.20 tells us, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. We have no excuses. And this is one of my all-time favorites as far as having a person in your life that you will be willing to and you will allow them to hold you accountable. Iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. That's James 27, 17. You got to have some people in your life that are willing to be iron and willing to sharpen you up. James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it is effective. If you're not a righteous person, in other words, if you're not in right standing with God, your prayers are not powerful and they are not effective. They're hitting a ceiling and they're bouncing back down. We can't be walking in sin and throwing up prayers left and right and then wondering why God's not answering our prayer. And this is really what accountability is all about. And it doesn't feel like it in the moment. We don't feel like when somebody's calling us out on something that we're being, that they're actually encouraging us, but they're encouraging us to repent, to churn from our ways and to end up in the long run in a deeper relationship with God. And that's in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. And it says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. That's what being accountable is. Calling each other out, encouraging each other and building each other up that, you know what? Basically, I know you're better and I know you can do better in the Lord. 
It's why young children are disciplined because their parents see better behavior in them and they're trying to bring that out of them. It's the same thing. So I want to just encourage you, basically, that when somebody, you have this person in your life, you have somebody that you walk closely with that also walks closely with the Lord and the Holy Spirit, and they're drawing something to your attention, and you responded in a defensive manner, you've pulled back, you haven't put it before the Lord. I want you to understand they're trying to encourage you. They're trying to build you up and strengthen you in the Lord to get back to that biblical standard. And on this one final note, I want to encourage you, if you don't have somebody you can trust in that capacity, be accountable to God. Get in the word. Know what his expectations are from you as a believer. Know what he, know what he desires from your heart, from your mind, from your actions, from your mouth, all of that and put it into play and continually yield your heart to him and ask him to show you the truth of your own heart. 